Pops in a pod. Pops in a pod. Hey everyone, Peter Pop here. Hi, and I am Nader Pop. You know, this is coming a few days later, but don't worry. There's a reason for it because we've got a very special guest all the way from the UK and he's a fellow podcaster himself. So welcome to Pops in a Pod, Al Booth. Oh, thank you very much for having me. This is this is lovely to be asked on. Yeah. And, you know, I have to say a huge shout out to Sarah from the podcast community that's part of video because she actually connected us. And w- when she did, I was like, wait, we've not had like a guest who's not Indian for a really long time. So you know what, we definitely have to uh, get this going. Just to start off with, right, the reason Nadir and I are excited is it's not often that we get to speak to a fellow podcaster and more than that, someone talking about parenting, especially from a dad's perspective. So where did it all begin or where did it all start for you? What, being a dad or, or podcasting or both? Podcasting. Both. Well, yeah. You know, um, I don't know if you heard about this. There was a, a coronavirus, a COVID nineteen. It made a couple of headlines. I don't know if you saw that. But I used to. I worked. At, so my background is radio, commercial radio, and I started twenty five years ago. Far too long. So when I turned forty, was turning forty. Um, that was when we were pregnant with our first child. And I suddenly thought, well, I'm going to be a dad and I'm going to be 40. I need to work at the BBC. I can't be having fun playing music and making stuff up. I need to be at the BBC doing grown up things. And we did. So that's that's what I did. I joined the BBC uh, the same. No, about two weeks after my my child. I've got a five year old and two year old. And it was two weeks after my five year old was born. I joined the BBC. Um, And then I was there in 2017. And then this lockdown happened in 2020 and I had no work like so many people because I was freelancing and the man who got me into radio way back when I used to fax him I worked in a a roofing firm and I faxed him jokes and then he went do you want to be my producer and so I did and that's how I got into radio Um, and during lockdown he said I'm making podcasts do you want to make a podcast about being a dad because I had a little baby and I said yeah that'd be great because I've got nothing else to do. I can literally go nowhere and do nothing. And also a baby isn't someone you can really play with, is it? It's not like you can run around. And so, yeah, that's that's how it really started. I'll, I was listening to, in fact, Peter and I both were listening to your, uh, your podcast. And we realized that here we are in India, uh, you know, starting this platform uh, for dads, right? Um, and and the the whole idea came up with that. Listen, let's just check online if there's anything that's that's there because Peter and I um, also became you know our dad journey was was pretty close to uh, each other. I I already had uh, you know four five 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 month old baby. Peter's wife was pregnant, and you know we we kind of figured that okay we need to do something. And that's when we realized that there's nothing for dads out there right now. Again, I'm I'm talking to you from a very uh, India perspective now when when we saw your uh, podcast when we were listening to how to be a dad right um th- this thought came to our mind that in the uk um is it uh, other other people in terms of the listeners or as you you know you said that you are also producer from a podcast standpoint from a parenting content standpoint uh 
is the level that mature that you have these platforms specifically for dads because in india it's still it's still us it's still pops in a pod right like what what's your what's your version of that um so i just realized my chronology as well of everything i just said so i worked at the bbc when my son was born and the podcast in 2020 was when my daughter was born that was it so the bbc yeah it was bbc for my son got made redundant because there was a, a virus and we had our daughter. So our daughter was born 10 days before the UK's first lockdown. So that was when everyone was sitting around and said, do you want to do a dad podcast? Um, and actually JK is the guy who who got me into radio and offered me this podcast. He works with a, yeah, there's a setup called the dad's net, which is this whole company and community just, just for dads that we have. I don't know if they have the mum's net in India. We have mum's net. I don't know if it's a global thing. It's just this huge community for, for mums, funnily enough. And someone set up one for to dads in the UK called dad's net. So it's, you know, blogs and it's articles and it's features and all this. And then they got into podcasting. So, um, but I'm the same as you. Yeah. I, I, even in the UK, I didn't really think it was a big thing for, for dads to talk to other dads about it. Um, but yeah, there is, there's, there's a real growing and we've got a few podcasts over here. I think the number one, it's always in the top three podcast is, um, two comedians called Josh Widdicombe and Rob Beckett. And they do a podcast, which is, um, parenting hell it's called. And they're just two dads again, really young children decided to do it after they had babies and there's quite a few. So yeah, it's in terms of being mature, I think, yeah, definitely it's been around for a while now i mean still still nowhere near as big as mums talking to other mums but but it's quite it's nice because initially it was always i thought dads would just talk about you know oh we're gonna get the boys to watch football and they're gonna do sports and when they're older they're gonna drink beer and there is still that but um but it's yeah there's um just a lot of emotional support because that's the other thing as well dads need emotional support and i don't think anyone really that's still a that's still a taboo really over here, yeah, and probably more so, so by the sounds of it, more so where you are. Yeah, and I think that's one of the next things I wanted to talk to you about, right? Because when a lot of people meet Nadir and me, it's this novelty or this new factor that, oh, dad's talking about parenting, right? But what I'm getting from the dad's net and the various podcasts available, it's not just about parenting, right? There's many nuances or many factors, and I think just to at least start off with this, can you tell us like why essentially it's required, right? Because you've seen with the Dad's Net a variety of podcasts. It's not just one podcast, right? I mean, Nadir and I on the podcast try to cover as much, but there's only two of us, right? So if, if you could just kind of tell us like, where do you see the need really? Because I think like, unfortunately, India is still a couple of steps behind uh, when it comes to just awareness about parenting, right, for dads, let alone like podcasts and everything else. Um, yeah, I mean, the, the Dad's Net does a couple of other podcasts. One's called Loose Dads, which is four, three or four dads sometimes. Um, and that is just the whole lads, 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 and, you know, laughing about, yeah, you know, what men would talk about in a pub, really. And and that's great. And it's good to listen to. And there's another one where two of them talk and it's a similar thing. The one I did... And there's another one called Dad Vengers, which is there's a guy called Nigel Clark who does TV shows on BBC for for kids. I don't, do you know Nigel? Um, 
he's brilliant he does the tod- the baby club and the toddler club and these things that you know where you, your children watch and you find yourself watching even though you're in your 40s and they've gone to bed and you think the tv's still i'm still watching this they've been in bed now i'm still watching he does one of those shows but he does a podcast and and it's yeah it's just that very open conversation about and the one i did how to be a dad was it followed the stages from finding out you're going to be a dad all the way through to having a child and then a the bit after um and that was that was just kind of the you know the the blueprint we had for it but then you find dads just opening up and it's it's funny isn't it because if you you think of other dads i don't know how it sounds similar to to where you are but you think of other dads and it's like this loose dads where they're just laughing and joking but actually if you sit down for an hour chances are you're going to get this you know these stories and these stories came out about and i think everyone will have been through i don't know obviously i've just met you guys so i don't know how your the birth was but certainly with our oldest with the five-year-old his heart rate dropped and we had doctors rushing in and trying to get it back up. And it was it was fine. It wasn't a major thing because they see this sort of thing four or five times a day, probably, these doctors. But when you're a dad and you're there and you know nothing, it's frightening. But everyone had a similar story to that. So, yeah, there's, there's the, you know, having a laugh and a joke and all that. But it's really nice just to speak to other dads and just know that you, you're not on your own, you know, that everyone's gone through these frightening little stages and it's quite common. And... Um, my son was born. Um, I really struggled. So I've taken medication for depression and anxiety. I've had it since I was a teenager. I've taken it for years. And I came off it because I thought, when my son's born, I want to be clear-minded and fresh. But it was just such a struggle. And now it's weird because he's five and my daughter's two. And they're little characters and they run around. You can play with them. You can communicate. But they communicate back. And then you think, oh, I don't know. I've got no answer to this. So I think, well, how was it tough with a baby? Because they didn't do anything. How could I? How could I struggle when I just had this? But I did. Don't know why. But yeah. And then you talk to other dads, and they think, "Oh yeah, I struggled as well, and I struggled." And it's not just mums, you know. Um, so yeah, I think there are whatever you want to listen to. If you want to listen to people having a laugh, you can do that. But yeah, there's also really open and honest podcasts out there for dads. Just it's just normal, isn't it? It's weird. It's, a, it's still a bit of a taboo, but you find that everyone goes through it. Yeah, I, I'm I'm surprised that you actually said that even um, you're in a completely different uh, country um, and even you have to use terms like it's it's a taboo, right? Because you just mm. assume that, oh, here are the men, you know, they're guzzling down beer and, you know, talking manly masculine things. But I think everyone has a softer side. And that's one thing through Pops in a Pod that Peter and I were constantly... Uh, trying to unravel the fact that, listen, there are men out there, dads, who want to talk, who want to share stories. And that's the whole point. And that's why I was a very, um, I really like the fact, your tagline, your podcast tagline that says that it's anecdotes and, you know, not answers, because that's exactly how, how we also push our stories as well, that we're not here to give you tips. We're not here to give you advice. We're here to tell you stories. And we had quite a few dads who actually came and say, after the the recordings and they're like you know it feels so nice i i i felt as if i belonged somewhere it was therapeutic for them like a doctor imagine a doctor 
was talking to us and he's like wow i felt great this was so therapeutic that i i get to speak to fellow dads i i barely get a chance to do this and i think the acceptance is kind of going up don't don't you feel that al do you feel that the acceptance of being a dad and sharing stories irrespective of the platform whether it's podcast blogs or whatever the accept acceptance is going up and they want to share stories they want to talk about their fatherhood i think so yeah i think definitely um and I don't know why that is, whether it's just the time we live in and social media, for although it has many, many faults, it's also really great because all it takes is one person to tweet, you know, I'm struggling as a dad or, or you know, the, the other thing I noticed as well, it's quite easy to say, like, I'm, I'll be honest, I'm really tired today as I talk to you because my five-year-old doesn't sleep through the night and he sleepwalks a bit as well. And then our two-year-old, my daughter, has just started crying out. And usually she cries out and you run up to her and she's still asleep and then she's settled. But she kept crying last night. So I got her, my my fiance got in my son's bed and I got our two-year-old in my bed and um, and she sleeps horizontally. I don't, She does, her head's on the pillow, but so is her body and her feet and her legs. And both her feet are in my eyes. So you have a night of, I'm just like the bigs, you're two and the bigs bed for me, the bed's big for me. Why can't you just use it? Use it as a bed. It's simple. Um, so yes, there's, um, yes, I'm quite tired today. Sorry, I've completely gone off tangent then, haven't I? Um, but yeah, so I think, I think you're right. What you said is it's therapeutic and it's a nice release and people just want to share experiences. So for all I can go, oh, you know, I'm so tired. You know, when kids get in your bed and they just kick you and oh and people can share all those experiences because it's a laugh isn't it it's not really showing your true self it's all that sort of uh, um but i think more and more for people do that more and more people are coming out and saying do you know what? i woke up this morning my little two-year-old was holding my hand and it was just the most it's the most beautiful thing you don't you can't you know create that that's just natural and and i think lots of dads are you know and as well as mums obviously but lots of dads are sharing moments like that and that's the beauty of social media because you see one person doing it and then another person comes out and goes oh actually for all i do the jokes and the laughs and that i really like those moments and yeah it's it's just really nice i think um it's strange because you'll know as, as podcasters and dads you you can get into this community and it becomes a bit blinkered so for all i can say yeah the world's opening up and everyone's talking about it I, I don't know whether that's true or whether it is just because I'm, you know, in that world. That's my interest now. Pre-kids, my interest was going out and having fun and, you know, whatever. And now it is just kids and podcasts. Kids and podcasts in a shed. It's, it's that narrow <laughs> is my life. The, that, that's the great tagline. <laughs> now, you know, one of the things uh, Al, I really was curious about, and I think this is, one of the reasons I mainly wanted to talk to you is just how different parenting is. And I think like you would have also similarly experienced talking to other dads that sometimes it's not really how different you are, it's how similar you are. And I thought it'll be great to kind of just go through that journey, especially talking to someone across seas, so to say, right? Yeah, of course. No, that's a really good point. Yeah, because little humans are little humans, aren't they? And they just you know they all do this they haven't learned how to behave in certain ways so of course they just do what is the very base natural instinct and and we're all just as grown-ups trying to work out the first one i actually wanted to talk to you and this is actually something that nadir and i i remember initially bonded about because nadir and i used to work together in the same office and i remember talking to nadir and saying 
because we were at a digital agency back then. I was like, hey, did you know that our office allows dads to take a week off? And I was like really happy about it. And then cut down to like few years later, there are some offices who say there's parental leave. It doesn't matter if you're the father or the mother. And all of a sudden, my one week looked like really small. So the, the perspective in India is that, you know what, things are always better abroad. But break that down for us. Did you have paternity leave or parental leave at yeah, all? Yeah, so this is this is where I'm not the right person to speak to about this, essentially, because I'm freelance and self-employed. So, um, <laughs> so basically, if I don't work, I don't get paid. Uh, let me think when my son was born and also it was very tricky with my, t- my daughter but I'll explain why um, when my son was born I was working part-time so I still worked because that was my only source of income but I cut it down um, so I was working I was doing travel reports on local radio in the afternoon so I went in at just after lunchtime got back about seven at night so um, so I was getting paid but not fully but I've yeah in, in the UK I know enough of friends, as my partner always pointed out, friends with proper jobs who can take time off and get paid, you know, like proper people. Um, so, yeah, I've got friends who have two weeks off. That's it. Paternity leave, maternity, maternity leave, mat leave is still months and months, obviously, as well. It should be. Um, and paternity leave is two weeks here in the UK. And then, yeah, parenting leave. But I think parenting leave, again, depends on the company you work for probably and and how that works out with our daughter um she was born 10 days before the uk went into the first lockdown so we were in the hospital we could still go in the hospital but there were all these sort of swirls i think we I don't know, masks weren't involved then but i do remember in the in the hospital ward and you have the beds with the curtains round and i do remember there was just me and my partner and our little baby and in the one next to us, there was about 15 people in there with snacks and bags of food, having like right time of it. It's like the best social life ever in that one. Um, so that was that was that felt strange because it's so close to the lockdown. But yes, lockdown was 10 days after my daughter was born. So my daughter was born. I had some still freelance, had um, a couple of shifts presenting radio for the BBC booked in because Sienna was 10 days late as well. So um, I'd book these shifts in to present radio thinking, oh, she'll have been home by 10 days. Then we'll be used to it. It's a second child. She's probably going to be walking by then. But she was born and I had to go in the next day and do do work. And then I did that for yeah two or three days after. Um, and then I thought, right, I'm going to take time off. I'm self-employed. I can make the decision. Saved some of the money from the work I've just done. And then this lockdown kicked in and the BBC stopped using freelancers and my paternity leave essentially turned out being two years. So yeah. And then got into podcasting. Cause I was like, I need to do something. I can't be on paternity for two years. It's going to be <laughs> university and I'm still going, well, I'm on paternity. So um, yeah, but it's, I know what you mean. I, th- I But I don't think we're that, we're that far ahead of you in terms of, it's still a fairly recent thing and it's still, it's still no, there's no where near it being equal between mums and dads. But again, you know, I've not had to push a, you know, a little baby out of my body after growing it. So I think mums probably do need longer to recover, perhaps. No, they definitely do, actually. I don't think there's any debate over there, but, uh, <laughs> you know, P- Peter and I were doing so much research during, because we have 
done dedicated episodes on on paternity leave and we realized that the scandinavian countries uh, come very close to you know the whole equal thing about 160 days for both men and women and obviously women can extend it to uh, another 90 odd days and like some really crazy numbers which is um, extremely you know uh, heartful to hear that uh, here are countries who 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 genuinely understand that um, in in india obviously the kind of experiences and the kind of stories that we hear is that um if you're a salaried individual uh, a man and if you take a paternity leave that immediately affects your progress within the company right that oh wow you've taken paternity leave oh my god you're going to miss out on so much work xyz blah 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 so men actually do not take paternity leave uh because there's this constant fear that they might miss out on some important projects that where they could have delivered and you know showed their prowess or their skills or whatever it is so there is that then then you're kind of you know debating so yeah so every country i think has its own set of problems or issues that uh, either the government or the company has to sort of uh fix but you you brought up the whole hospital experience and i wanted to sort of pick your brains on that uh again if you had to do a direct contrast in in india we, we don't have the, the the nhs right uh, what what's there in the in the uk i mean for us it's it's a private experience there are government hospitals of course but um most of the people in the metro would go to a private hospital and it's it's a it's a package and obviously you have to pay depending on the kind of uh, experience that you want to have um pretty hefty amount but in the uk there's no such thing right could could you explain us how that works yeah do you know what you forget it take it's funny what you take for granted isn't it and of course we're we're so lucky here so the nhs the national health service was set up in i think it was the 50s you might want to fact check that um in in the uk and what we do is each month whether you get salaried or if you're you know self employed freelance you put money aside for tax but also for national insurance and if you're working you get a salary obviously your wage gets taxed and then national insurance gets taken out of it which is a, a lot smaller amount than your tax but your national insurance essentially goes to keep the nhs uh going but then you'll just yeah you know if i suddenly now even think oh i feel a bit bit of a headache or something i'll just phone up the doctor go down and and have a chat with the doctor for 10 minutes um you know and if the doctor says you need to go to hospital i'll go to hospital uh, and when you're having a baby you just get well that's what we did we went to the doctor with my son we um yeah we went to the doctor with the firstborn and the doctor was new and we said well we've taken a test we we're not sure what to do next so we thought we'll come and see you and he said oh i'm new i've not really set up properly i'll google it so we went to see the doctor and he googled what we should do next it's like oh man that was our, that was our, that was no our first way. official experience of of you know being pregnant and this this journey wow. with all these experts thinking this is hilarious i'm sorry but this is hilarious <laughs> oh i just but not he didn't even do it like you know his so it wasn't like he was sitting here and we were sitting the other side of the computer we were at the side so we could see the screen so he wasn't even trying to hide it he was just like oh. an actual google not even doctor google or anything special just the google that we all use um god god bless you i know, eh? I know. <laughs> he's great though he's still our doctor and he's he's brilliant he's uh, he's yeah but that was a bit worrying um but yeah so, so sometimes so that's fine i mean, I mean. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 
<laughs> somehow, somehow it all worked out. They were just there and, you know, as he was coming out, Googling. Do we pull? Do we leave? Um, <laughs> yeah, I forgot about that. So, yeah, so you uh, so we went and saw the doctor and then you make the appointment to go to the hospital. And because you pay national insurance and you just grow up through life, not even thinking twice about it. So you, you pay your national insurance, make an appointment with the midwife. She does the scan and then you see the baby, you know, and and that's it. And you just keep turning up and you, you don't have to pay. We can do pre- private and, you know, medical insurance, obviously, for because the NHS, that's the other thing. Certainly on the back of COVID as well. There's such a backlog and, you know, it's really... Doctors and nurses aren't paid. Certainly nurses aren't paid anywhere near as much as they should be. That's always a contentious issue. And it's it's an amazing thing to have. It's not as well supported by the government as it should be. But that's a whole different subject. Um, yeah, but you forget. Yeah, we're so lucky. So so you, what happens then in India when you, when you have children? Well, you just basically have to break the piggy bank. As I would put it mildly. Can I ask how much it is? <laughs> I don't know. I'm trying to think. It it depends, right? Like, uh, how do I put it? I, I can give you a simple analogy, mm. right? Do you want a simple diesel car or do you want, like, a Ferrari with two doors oh, okay. top of the line? Like, you can have that, right? And it depends on which end of the spectrum that you, do you want. want do you want a doctor who googles uh, or a doctor who knows how to do it <laughs> but but see that's the thing right i mean like i i, I remember some of the simple expenses like also we, we have to put it to context that times have really changed right like since the time we were born medical technology has advanced so much like i remember going for a scan every uh, three months every trimester with my wife and uh, I had family members saying, like, back when y'all were, uh, like, in the womb, we barely did, like, one mm. scan. But then now we know far more, right? So it it's also depends. So it's just the perspective that you look at it also uh, on what you want. I mean, like, let's be honest. Like, if you're a multimillionaire, a Ferrari is yeah. an r- impulse purchase. Or if you're someone like us who grew up in like the middle class, a Ferrari is way out yeah. of our purchase, yeah. right? So I think it's kind of that perspective uh, that you add. Yeah, I mean, the last thought I want to add over here, at one point I remember the way I was being told, because we you have to select a hospital, right? You go, it's not just the hospital that's the closest to you. You can pick whichever one that you want. And I remember going to a hospital with my wife and the way I was told that you can go to this kind of room or that kind of room kind of reminded me of when you go to a hotel and you're told that okay do you want a sea facing room <laughs> or do you want one which is say i'm just like dude what's the <laughs> difference it's like yeah it's a thing by the way sea facing is a thing in hospitals in, in, at least in mumbai <laughs> yeah i mean we live by the coast but 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 you get what i mean right like at some point when you think of just the basic need it's you just need just a place to recuperate, yes, yeah. but it's kind of like all of these various factors. Now, w- among the three of us, Al, you're the only one with two kids. So at least in your limited experience so far, and you've at least kind of touched upon it with your daughter, does having a kid the second time around 
become easier or harder? I mean, leaving COVID aside. Yeah, of yeah, course. of course. Um, yeah, a bit. <laughs> I don't know if easier is the right word, but I mean, there was still. So when my daughter was born, she wasn't coming for ages, and we were in the hospital, and the midwife said, "Right, just said to my partner, just go to sleep." Because so this was it was getting into the. We'd been there all day and then it was getting into the night and it was getting up to, um, must have been getting on for one o'clock in the morning. And she said, uh, right, just we're going to turn the lights down. I sat in the big chair next to my partner and partner, they put her bed back, just go to sleep. So we started going to sleep and then all, all these sounds, sirens started, fl- not sirens, sounds started flashing and the monitors and beep, 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 beep. And there was a panic. So everyone rushed in and all it was, was that my partner was so relaxed because she started to sleep that our daughter had started to come out. Because she she could just come out, and there was the yeah that thing of knowing when I said about my son's blood pressure dropped and have it the first time going ah the second time I was like is everything okay and they went yeah yeah it's okay and then you just think okay <laughs> it was first time yeah okay um, and the first time I don't know what it was like when you had your children but you're kind of holding them as if they're the little porcelain thing and you don't even want to move and you move your whole body so they're so close to you and yeah changes with your second they're like just fling them about it's fine (laughs) (laughs) not quite like that but do you know what i mean you support the head and all that but you just you just know a bit more because it's like anything i suppose you know the first one is going into the unknown completely isn't it and the second one you think oh well she's crying when going back to when i was getting you know, I went back onto my, my antidepressant medication because my son was crying and I didn't know why and I couldn't figure it out and I couldn't figure it out. With Sienna, with my daughter, I just thought, oh, she's crying. Uh, so she's either needs a nappy changing, she's hungry, blah, blah, blah. I can sort all of those. I can sort. It'll be one. Just keep going until she stops. Yeah. So um, I think it's it's easy. I don't know if easy is the right word, but you're more prepared. You have You have more in your sort of, you know, in your toolbox, you can reach in and go, right, this is why this is happening. This is it's probably going to be okay. If she cries, probably don't need to phone the hospital. Probably just need to sit down and put on some nursery rhymes. You know, it's so refreshing to hear this from a dad because you always hear this from moms, right? That, oh yeah, the second one is, you know, just yeah, they can do whatever they want. But the first one is like, oh, treasure, protect and all of that, right? But when, when a dad tells you that, yeah, second one just... Fling, fling her about here and there. It's perfectly all right. Nothing's wrong. I'll manage it. So, I, like, it's. I really appreciate the fact that you know here are three dads who who are who are probably who know exactly what they are doing and what they're talking about because it's it's coming from from experience. So, uh, okay, it, oh, sorry, can I just jump in? To... I I don't know exactly what I'm doing. I I still don't know exactly what I'm doing. I don't think I'll ever know exactly what I'm doing. Don't, I hope I'm not giving that impression. I'm clueless. <laughs> no, but it, it's it's good clueless, right? The fact that you can recount all these experiences and you know everything like blow by blow—that's that, that, all that matters at at, at this point, right? Because uh, there's nobody who's coming in and say, "Oh, he's a dad. How, what does he know? He just shows up, right?" And that, that's not the case with today's dads, and uh, that's that's the best part. That's the best part about having these dad platforms, like your podcast, our podcast, and you know wherever it is. But you know, Al, there's this one you know burning question that that we had again from a very contrast standpoint, and I would love to uh, you know uh, ask you this, and we would love to know. Um, so in India, there's a lot of support, right? Family support and uh, you know your domestic help support. Um, what's it like 
for you guys, right? Because India is known for joint families. You you live with your parents, even when you're older, and even when you have kids, you still live with your parents or your uncles or your aunts or whatever it is. And the fact that a child is raised by the village, I think, came from India because, yeah, well, you know. Uh, <laughs> so, what's it like? with with you guys i mean i understand from whatever conversation that we've been having so far it's you your partner and your your kids right you all don't you all live together as a as a nuclear family but what about the additional support how does that work oh i mean that's that's great so i live in just outside birmingham in the uk so we have a, a huge indian um population here so yeah so i've got a lot of you know friends i know about the family you know the family setup and it always a i think that just looks brilliant it looks so good and so welcoming and everyone's together, the generations. But also then I visit my parents who live two hours away for a weekend. And I think, how does anyone live with their parents? Um, so, yeah, so there's the contrast. Yep, yep. <laughs> I, I think it's, it's, it's like literally, right? I heard this thing the other day. It's like everyone says the grass is always yeah. greener on the other side. But the grass is always greener on the side that you actually pour water if you think nice. about it. <laughs> oh, I like that. Oh, yeah, I'm, I'm definitely going to use that. I'm going to borrow that. Um, yes, my daughter, as I speak to you, my daughter goes to her nans. So my parents live two two hours away. My partner's parents live 10 minutes away. So my daughter goes to her nanny's, daughter goes to her nanny's uh, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. And that's where she is now. You know, we go around there on a Sunday. Um, her, my sister, no, my partner's sister lives equally 10 minutes away she has a six-year-old and so she has a six-year-old who's a year older than my son so they're very both boys very close and then they've got a two-year-old as well and their two-year-old was born february ours was born in march so they're you know double trouble growing up together so yeah in terms of that i think we don't all live together we live close to each other we can go and see each other and spend Sundays together and we're all going out at the weekend all the family but then we'll come back to our own and just ah, decompress a little bit um but yeah I mean I must admit I'd, I'd love to live closer to my parents two hours is is quite two hours two hours is quite the journey two hours when you've got a five-year-old and a two-year-old in the back of the car is an eternity <laughs> especially when we haven't bought iPads or anything for them and it's just are you aware of the the Gruffalo? Do you have the Gruffalo books over there, Julie? Yeah. So we've got a CD for the car, which has got the songs of the Gruffalo and other songs invented by Julia Donaldson who wrote them. And oh, at first you think, this is lovely. And then two and a half hours later, <laughs> just like, no. and you can't, and you can't destroy everything. Everything yeah. sounds like Baby you Shark. Let's destroy be a CD. They just don't destroy. <laughs> can't get rid of them. Um, but yeah, I think, I think that's probably, yeah, we're, again, we're really lucky. We've got family close by and, uh, I've got brother in my, so I'm the, I'm 45. My brother-in-law next one down is 37 and then below that is 32. Uh, and three of us are very close. There's three sisters. My partner has two sisters, three brothers, and we're all really close. So we'll, you know, we'll talk quite openly about our kids as well and stuff. So we're, yeah, really lucky. It's not typical. Not everyone's fortunate what i'm coming away from this podcast is going we've got the nhs and an amazing family i feel really blessed after doing this i'm really (laughs) you remember what i said earlier about the grass right (laughs) absolutely absolutely yeah that is true that is true oh my god but you know what trust me al i think we have to get you very soon on the podcast again i think this is just like 
one of the many various things we can talk about, right? But uh, I think I think we should call it a wrap for now because I think one thing about podcasters I've noticed: put a mic in front of us, and you'll never get us stop talking. So, uh, th- thanks so much uh, for sharing with us and just kind of helping us get some perspective and just like how parenting is in a different country. But before we let you go, uh, time to plug in whatever you want to plug in your podcast, the work that you're doing. Uh, Tell us more. How can our listeners hear more from you? Oh, blimey. Well, there's the existing podcast we've talked about called How to Be a Dad. Um, And the reason I say How to Be a Dad and at the bottom it says anecdotes, not answers, because How to Be a Dad sounds like it's going to have the answers. And as we can all, all testify, no one does. Over the thousands and tens of millions of years, no one has any answers. Um, So there's that out there. And I'm doing a new podcast called Dad Asks Mums, where... Because um, what I discovered for for the podcast where I talk to dads, there was a couple where I spoke to, um, I spoke to a, a mum about breastfeeding, so I could understand a bit more about that, and uh, also just about the birth. And then I thought, oh, you know what? We don't know, f- uh, you know, for all. And, and and you alluded to it earlier when you were saying about choosing the hospital room, you, you're thinking of your partner and you want their comfort. And yeah, I thought, do you know, what? I could learn so much more about what it's like from a mum's perspective because it's great talking to dads and other dads and it's great to find out you're not the only one and everyone's got something in common you can share um but I've got no idea what it's like to be a mum and there's only so much you can ask your own partner before you know she she friend zones you really. <laughs> um so <laughs> so yeah so that's my new podcast is dad asks mums so I'm looking forward to launching that very soon thanks so much Al and I'll definitely uh, listen to it because I've started listening to uh, How to Be a Dad and it's exciting because the number of guests that you bring in one episode and you're constantly listening to new new experiences. So it's great. Uh, we'll definitely listen to the, sec- the, the second one also. And interesting, interesting thing, you know, uh, talking to mums as, as dads. I think it's very interesting. That's something that we are constantly doing on the podcast, but we'd love to hear a different perspective uh, altogether. But uh, thank you so much for your time and, uh, you know, sharing all of those uh, beautiful stories and anecdotes with us. And yes, as Peter said, we'd love to have you back on the podcast and we'll talk about something even more specific, perhaps. Oh, Peter and Nadir, it's been, I've loved it. Thank you so much. That was so enjoyable. Thank you. Like, do you know, as well, can I just say, I know like we finished, but you don't really get to talk about, you don't relive your memories, do you? Unless someone specifically asks you. Yeah. you tend to forget about these moments and then you get to, to do it again. And it's, yeah, it's lovely. Yeah, thank you so much. All right, that's a wrap on this episode. So for all of you still tuned in, why don't you tell us what you thought of this episode? Did you feel similar to Al? Did it rejog your memories of the time you just became a parent, a father, mother? Let us know. You can email us at popsinapod at gmail.com. Or you can even get in touch with us on Facebook or Instagram or any social media. Just search Pops in a Pod. But that's all for now. We'll see you next week.